Welcome back to the One with Friends podcast. We are your hosts, Leanne and Llewellyn. We just want to thank you for joining us again for another episode of Friends. And we have a friend back in the studio. Welcome back. Jane. Jane. Hi, everyone. We're excited to have Jane back to visit again, and we need a life update since you've been in the studio with us last. What has changed in your life? The biggest change is I'm dating someone. Yay! Yay. Yeah, so that's been fun and new. It's been a few months, so since we started hanging out and then just dating recently, like quite recently, but it's been good. That's fun. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, thanks. Anything else in the your um, one of your jobs has changed? Oh yeah, so my nannying job yes. came to an end. So now I have some more free time, which is awesome. That's good. Just like mind space to process and think about other yeah. things, you know. For sure. Yeah. And then I have a wedding. Like I'm in my first wedding. In, that's exciting. Yeah. Yay. So that's cool. And so I actually work with one of my good friends, and it's her wedding that I'm standing in. And today was actually her last day at work. So that's a, kind of a transition too. Mm-hmm. But was it sad? Um, I'm not too emotional about those things. Maybe like it usually hits me like a ways down. Um, and it's just such an exciting season for her that I guess that I'm more excited than anything. Yeah. yeah. So that's cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Cool. Well, we're glad to have you back. Me too. Yay. <laughs> um, okay. So something that's a little unique about this episode is it's going to be a longer one. The reason for this is because back in 1994, well, technically 1995, I guess now that we're in the January, February, March part of the year, um, they aired both episodes together, um, known as the one with two parts. And so we're going to do the episodes together as one big show. So when we do things like episode recaps and talking points, we're going to merge the two of those shows together in this one big show, as opposed to trying to separate the topics of conversation into two individual podcasts. So that's where we're at moving forward. All right. So this week we watched episodes 16 and 17, which were known as the one with two parts. So for part one, Joey falls for Phoebe's twin sister, Ursula, making Phoebe feel neglected. Meanwhile, Chandler finds himself between a rock and a hard place when he is told to fire an employee he's attracted to. Ross has doubts about parenthood, when he attends Lamaze classes with Carol and Susan. Meanwhile, Monica tries to fix her TV after Marcel puts the TV on SAP function in Spanish, which she cannot turn off. After weeks of procrastinating, Rachel finally takes down the Christmas lights on their balcony, only to fall off and sprain her ankle. On to part two. At the hospital, Rachel, who has no health insurance, convinces Monica into trading identities with her so that she can use Monica's coverage. The girls end up trying to date two cute doctors, which is George Clooney and Noah Wiley. Meanwhile, Ursula dumps Joey, but plans not to tell him, so Phoebe disguises herself as her twin sister to dump Joey and make sure he does not get hurt. Ross doubts that he will ever feel like a father. Marcel swallows Scrabble tiles, and Ross takes care of him, making him feel like he would be good as a father after all. Yeah, so um, I guess one of the quickest talking points that we have is the whole idea of Chandler... And his little complicated relationship happening with someone that he works with and then everything that ensues. So one of the things that I guess I noticed right off the bat was that the girl is totally hitting on Chandler. Oh, yeah. Like... 
from the moment she walks in. Yeah, I guess when I had watched these seasons in the past, I didn't really get that it was two-sided. I thought the mm-hmm. main focus was just Chandler's like of her. But at the very beginning, especially when they're talking about the weenus, she's just like, I wouldn't want to do anything that would mess up your weenus. Like, <laughs> and it's like this moment of like, oh, shoot. She's totally, like, coming on to him. And then when he tries to fire her the first time, she puts her hand, like, so far up his thigh. (laughs) That would be totally inappropriate for, like, a boss and employee situation. Yeah. Right. Especially when you're in the position of, like, you're getting the talk to lose your job. I couldn't, like, I can't imagine doing that. No. Especially there. Right. (laughs) He did position himself so weird, I thought, though, because who circles around the desk (laughs) and then to sit on the edge when, like, she's almost eye level then with his crotch? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) it's such an awkward, like, yeah, proximity. Whereas if you're having a serious talk like that, natural distancing would probably portray the whole conversation in a much more professional way for sure to stay on the other side of the desk. (laughs) <laughs> and keep your distance yeah. <laughs> like literally like five inches yeah in between them it was, it was uncomfortable close. yeah yeah huh yeah totally and just watching nina the one thing that stood out to me the most well two things her the length of her dresses or skirts were so short <laughs> so short which i know probably like added to the character that they wanted her to portray but also her french tip manicure yes yeah would you did you guys do that back in the day? Like was that totally. Yeah. Yeah. Cuz I remember like all the cool girls had French tip manicures and I never got one. But they're making a comeback. They are making a comeback. Oh yeah, classic French tips were always the go-to like, like acrylic set, full set French tip. Yeah, girl next door kind of thing. They make you feel like so fancy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but like I do think we kind of block of white. Totally, yeah, and that's it. <laughs> Perfect. It's the accentuation of the nail end, yeah. you know. So yeah, done well. I think it can be nice, but I just ima- like I just remember it in that sort of '90s way, like Nina had. Yeah, it's just so chunky. Mm-hmm. I would say when I got mine, just because of my age, mine was more in the 2000s. Okay. And like or, or early 2010s, okay. you know, like that. Yeah. Kind of that decade. And then I think, not that it's ever gone out, I don't think, because it is kind of that, it is such a classic and so versatile of a look. Like mm-hmm. you can dress it up where you could just have your nails French tip and be wearing yeah. whatever. But... I feel like we got into a lot of colors yeah, and like nudes and like barely their colors. And obviously there's always people who will do like the more extreme and all those things mm-hmm. too. But even with like weddings and things, I feel like we had gotten into a trend, especially more recently where it's like all those, you know, bubble bath and ballet slipper, like oh, SC nail polish yeah. colors or OPI or whatever. Um, but yeah, French tips is always a classic. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, but you're saying, Jane, that you never got friendships? Have you ever? I never did. I think by the time I was allowed to have my nails done, mm-hmm. I don't even, I think it was like just polish was allowed. And I think I did just like a nude color. Were your parents like really strict color. on that? Um, My dad was. Interesting. And I'm not really sure why. I don't really get what the 
connotation is with French tip nails, but I think it was just like a adult womanly thing to do. Mm-hmm. Get your nails done. And he didn't want me to step into that, like avoid it and put it off <laughs> as like far as possible kind of thing. Interesting. Yeah. Would you do it now? Um, like for a really fancy event or something, maybe, maybe, maybe I'm open to it. Yeah. Nice. Maybe for the wedding I'm in. Were you thinking about it? I wasn't. And now, now it's crossing my mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. What about you, Llewellyn? French tip? Um, I never did my nails when I was younger, only because I, up until last year, bit my nails. Ah, yes. So I never had nails mm-hmm. <laughs> to do. Um, right. But, I mean, there there were, I mean, I say up until last year, there were a few years where I stopped. And then started again. Um, and I have never had them, but I've always wanted them. But in my mind, French tip are, like, fancy. Mm-hmm. And, like, you don't wear them on just, like, an everyday thing. Like, Oh, really? <laughs> you're going to a wedding. You're, like, in a wedding. Like, when I get married, I will have French tips. Like, that is my Got it. dream okay. for my nails. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I don't know. But I've just never really been, like, a – only in the last few years have I really painted my nails or anything. So Right. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, so I don't notice it, I guess, as much as other people do. Yeah. Because I haven't really right. thought about it. Yeah. Yeah. I'd much rather do like a, like you said, kind of like a nude, basic blush, mm-hmm. some type of like easy color or something that's very like fall-esque, like a, Ooh. like a dark green or even black. Like I like yeah. doing black as long as the nails are long and they look nice as opposed to like skater girl, like short yeah. black nails. <gasps> I love a skater girl, <laughs> short, short, black nail, and partially chipped. Like, day two, Avril Lavigne. Really? Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. I do love a good, like, black I nail. I do like that. Yeah. Not so much anymore, but that was me. Okay. That's yeah. funny. Well, Miss Emo Grunge. does not yeah. sound like you. <laughs> that was me. I wanted to be such a grunge girl so bad. <laughs> I love it. Mm-hmm. Nice. Avril Lavigne, like, was the first kind of in that. Yeah. She's the one that made it like, I was like, mom, she does it. Like, see, and she's not like a murderer. You right. know? Like, <laughs> like, you want to put black on your nails? And yeah. Yeah. That's good. Nail mm-hmm. trends. Mm-hmm. Always changing. Another thing about this element, really the main part of the element is the idea that Chandler just cannot fire the woman. <laughs> and he <laughs> continues to dig himself deeper into this hole of why he hasn't fired her with his boss and then other people start treating her a certain way. So then he's like, Oh, you're getting a raise and like (laughs) just continually just can't do it. And I think it's one of the characteristics of Chandler that probably bothers me the most that like he sometimes up until we really get established with him and like really Monica and, and there's a little bit of it in the future with, with, Janice when she circles back around again (laughs) oh Janice um where he's just he does like weird things for the sake of relationship like with a woman yeah it's just Mm -hmm. interesting yeah because I think you expect it from Joey yeah but he's more in like this just like player and yeah womanizer but I think it's because Chandler we has like a weird element. Like, yeah, well, we see it in Joey all the time. But then he's got this like try too hard sometimes with women. Yeah. Do you think he ever like, I don't know. Now we might be thinking way too deep. 
Um, but do you ever just wonder, like, like how you, you have to wonder how he feels about, like, the way Joey is with women. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To a sense, he's Probably. like, oh, like, I wish I was that open and that free and that able to do whatever. Yeah. Right? So, like, it almost... And again, that's like way deep, and we don't actually know. He's the a psychology character. Psychology of Chandler. <laughs> but he, he could mentions. Be. <laughs> he mentions on the episode. Psychology. That is why they call it psychology, sir. <laughs> like what? <laughs> that explains nothing. Uh, yeah, but yeah, interesting. There's one thing too that I noticed when so he gets he eventually tells Nina the entire story about what happened <laughs> and she gets his hand with a stapler, Ouch. which can you just, how like just imagining that hurts so bad. No, I can't. It hurts so bad in my brain. Like, yeah, just imagining the something Such like, me. ouch, yeah. I can't. And then you have to get it out too. Like it's not, you know, once it's in there, it's not over. Yeah. You just have to pry it out. Gotta pull it out. The only thing I will say about, because it doesn't have the underside on it, it's not bending the two Right. Prongs. So it just goes right oh, in. True. So they are just, but, but still. But it's yeah. the idea <laughs> of having to pull it out. It's like the mental, like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> Excuse us while we make fake throw up noises over here. So gross. Yeah, the idea of having to do it. Okay, we're moving on so fast. And next point. But there is good like continuity because in a future um, scene, like he's got more of like a band aid on. So it's good continuity with the whole storyline because I think sometimes with shows like this, there's some continuity things because there's such like quicks like quick scenes and. They move on from one thing to another and things that like they do in one episode that doesn't necessarily carry to the next, even though what they've implemented would in the natural have carried Mm. over. They just did a really good job at like, oh, like one scene later on, he's got like a bigger bandaid on, not a whole wrap, which would be the natural progression as something heals. Right. So I just thought it was like a good, I was like, oh, the continuity. Yeah. Because I totally wouldn't have like. Oh, he has a rap in one scene, and then by the time we're focused on the girls in the hospital, they we're not worried about Chandler's hand anymore, mm-hmm. and they could have just ignored it. But they like it was good continuity, I thought, for a show that typically for one-off throwaway things like that don't necessarily always happen. So yeah. Anyways, the next element is Ross. Hmm. So Ross, really, in this episode, is preparing Perfect. for. <laughs> Llewellyn just did the biggest eye roll I've ever seen on this episode. Um, wow. Do you want to kick it off then? No. Go for it, Jane. You kick and off this I'm part of the conversation. Can we just have a raw segment on yeah. each and you'll just bring me in? Yeah. On know. each episode, we'll just. <laughs> and now for our raw segment with Jane. <laughs> Jane on Ross. FYI, that's never going to happen. Ever. Mm, that's what they think. Neck. <laughs> Just wait until we're eight seasons in and we're dying yeah. from some, for some change. <laughs> well, Get well, ready, well. <laughs> um, No, when Ross was... I just loved all of his outfits in the first part. Um, particularly when he was the first Lamaz class that they went to. And it looked like he had Doc Martens on. Did he? I, I want to believe he did. Actually, when I watched Do you it the want second to time, so I think they were Clarks. Not- <laughs> <laughs> Doc Martens and Clarks, way different. Uh, the first time I thought they were Docs, and I was like, wow, so edgy. 
you probably want it to be docs because it would make it would justify a little bit more. Okay, but would Ross ever actually no, wear Doc Martens? Like, it's not in his character. Not, maybe. Maybe I know. on a dig if he was, like, in <laughs> Egypt digging for... <laughs> or, like, a Halloween costume because he's trying to be someone else. Maybe. Yeah, probably. Trying to be someone cool. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so there are definitely Clarks, <laughs> but the coolest Clarks I've ever seen. <laughs> Did you hear that, guys? She likes Clarks. <laughs> I do. It is a little off-brand for Ross if it, it were going to be... Yeah. Doc Martens. Well, I can help. I hope to the first time around. Um, the second outfit that he had, I don't remember what my... Okay. All right. There. <laughs> Llewellyn. Um, he had a vest on. Oh, yeah. The vest and tie. The vest and tie. <laughs> when he told his vagina was blocking. <laughs> okay, but that was probably the best stare. Funniest. That's probably uh, one of the funniest parts of that show. For sure. It was, yeah. Good good character switch up from my boy Ross. <laughs> okay, but can we talk about those Lamas classes? Like, how awkward would that have been for Ross? Yeah. It would have. You know, like... Especially the one that Carol did not come to. Yeah. Especially oh, yeah. that one. Do you think it was necessary for him to be there? Yeah. Uh, I think he wants to be there for the sake of not feeling left out. Yeah. Like, even even in the one where Carol doesn't come, he, like, Susan's like, I can get all the information, trying to, like, hope that he yeah. <laughs> fails. And he has this sense of, like, I don't want to be forgotten. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think in this, just because he is so left out of every yeah. element. Yeah. And it wasn't his choice to leave the relationship. Mm-hmm. So I think he's, this is his choice in a way that he can remain together. Mm-hmm. So yeah, probably, but yeah, it definitely would be awkward. I do appreciate though, in the second part of this episode, he takes his dad out to like a dinner and he's asking his dad just about the initial stages of feeling like a father and what that looks like. And I thought that was just so wise because I think oftentimes we just don't ask people who have gone ahead of us in life Mm -hmm. for advice on things and bringing up questions that like, that's a very vulnerable question. Like he doesn't feel like he's going to be a good dad. Like Carol had a moment and Susan was like, we're going to be parents. And that's what this is all about. Like the birth process is only one day. And then Ross is like, I knew I was having a baby. I just didn't realize like I was going to be a father. And those are two very different things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do admire Ross for being willing to ask questions when he's feeling like so uncertain about himself as opposed to sitting in his insecurity and uncertainty and out of pride not asking for advice. No, I definitely think that's wise of Ross to have asked his father, especially because he, I mean, think about their friend group. He's the first one to have been married and the first one to have a child. So there really isn't anybody in his like immediate sphere of influence that he can go to. So I think it's cool that he took the time to ask his dad and really kind of explored like what is fatherhood and what does this mean to me? And, you know, before the baby is born, granted, he probably could have done it a little sooner, but Mm -hmm. you know, but he wasn't really having the crisis sooner than right now. Right. But it's good. Good for Ross. Okay, so 
then we get into one of the bigger talking elements, which is all about the girls. So Monica and Rachel have kind of this little tiff going because Monica mentioned that someone was supposed to take the lights down like right after Christmas and Rachel kicks back with someone was supposed to put Rachel take down the lights right on the fridge and it is on the fridge and she's wondering how long has that been there so (laughs) she finally finds the motivation to do it and then very clumsily falls off of her balcony and gets the lights wrapped around her feet and tries to call attention to Mr. Huckles who (laughs) is ignoring her completely 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 like it's obvious she's right outside the door. So, um, my main question with this whole talking <laughs> point is you have to show ID. Oh, yeah. When you go to a hospital. Yeah, your ID and your insurance card. So, the idea, like, was that just not a thing in the 90s? Like, did you not have to show your identification to go to a hospital? Because this whole idea is centered around insurance fraud. Mm-hmm. And yet. I don't know. Maybe it's just banked on like whoever like being overlooked by the already kind of careless ER right. nurse I mean, that was there. I don't know. In an emergency uh, situation. In New York City. I guess they sat there for a while. but So and it could. I mean it could just be that. It could be something that they overlook. Like oh here fill out this form and then they don't actually look at her ID. Right. Yeah. I just think that's a big risk. Oh, yeah. And nowadays you right. have to. Like, right. I've never not had to show my ID. No. And have like your insurance card or right. that it's already on file or right. something. Like yeah. this whole thing centers around the idea that you just fill out the paperwork mm-hmm. and don't have to show proof that your ID that you hold in your own wallet matches the information that's right. on the paper that you just filled out. Right. That was so crazy. I was like, wouldn't that all be eliminated? Like, this whole plot point is eliminated. Yeah. Or at least antennas going up when Monica said that she filled out, like, the wrong name and that she needed a new piece of paper, too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, yep, I'm just that stupid. (laughs) Like, which is probably for Monica, like, not, like, driving her nuts. Right. That she has to pretend that she's so dumb mm-hmm. that she started filling out her own information, quote unquote, <laughs> when Rachel's really the one that needs to fill it out. So, but I did love that like random little moment of friendship where as she was filling it out, she asked her about her emergency contact and she's like, oh, you, she's like, really? Like, yeah. I just thought that was so sweet. And I love having little moments like that with my friends that like you just, mm-hmm. they come across and you're like. Like, it almost, like, determines your friendship level in a certain way. Yeah. Like, I think for them, it was a good, like, defining of the relationship that, like, that is how close they are. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I thought it was sweet. Um, Yeah, no, I agree. I also really appreciated that point in the show. Um, But it kind of, like, tugged at my heart a little bit because I, like, have had moments where... I have to fill something out and I don't know who I, I mean, right now I put my parents for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, but even like I work at a, a physical therapy clinic and sometimes like I know these are questions that people have to put down. Like you have to put your emergency contact or like marital status and all those things. But those are really, they can be triggering questions for people. Um, 
And so it just tugged on my heart, like for when you're single or if you don't have good friends, like if you don't have a Monica or a Rachel, yeah. um, like who do you put and what do you do? And cause no one really talks about that, you know? Yeah. Or like that, offers you a, a different option. Right. right. Did that tug at you? Like, I mean, you said you put your parents, so. Yeah. Um, I guess I've had like a few moments where I'm like, at some point I'm not going to be able to put my parents because they are getting older as I'm getting older. Mm -hmm. And eventually like I can't lean on my dad to like run, you know, drive an hour to the hospital, you know? So it's like, okay, who do I put? You know? And I'm really fortunate that I have people that I know I could put in a heartbeat, but, um, yeah, it just, mostly I think about it at work sometimes when I have to give people the paperwork and so it just seems unfair at times. What happens when someone calls your emergency contact? I think you just inform them. I mean, I've never had to do it. Um, I think it depends on what happens. Like if you're like, you get in a huge car accident, you're unconscious. Like they're taking you to the hospital in an Mm -hmm. ambulance. They would call your person and let them know. Is that what it is? Like it's just an informational thing. So then somebody knows what's going on with you. So then they can contact whoever they need to. Whoever else. Yeah. Hmm. That's a good point, though, because it's not like it's verified ahead of time that the other person is willing to be the emergency contact, too, you know? Right. But there's not consent on their half that, like, oh, I'll take care of this person mm-hmm. or, like, run to their side yeah. if some if there's an emergency. Well, and that's, I think, what I'm wondering, like, is it even to, like, have somebody run to you or to at least get the information into all the right hands? Right. Yeah. I don't know. I think maybe the latter, like getting the information into the right hands. Yeah. Because say you put your contact, like your emergency contact as, you know, your parents, but Mm -hmm. they get the call when they're on a vacation somewhere. Right. But at least the right people know, and then they could call someone who is close to you to say, hey, go to this hospital and go check on Jane, you know, like, I don't know. Yeah. To get everything organized. Right. Yeah. Because even I was thinking, like, maybe even as you were talking, I was like, I don't, like, I've been putting my, my parents, because I'm single, and I'm like 30. <laughs> but you're right, my parents are getting older, too. And mind you, they don't live, like, really close. But I'm almost wondering, like, should I just start putting my sister? Because me and her mm-hmm. have a really great relationship. Yeah. And she I would think, answer promptly. And yeah, yeah. Like, she would put all the right pieces in action because like mm-hmm. I'm not even sure my parents could make really the trip I feel like your, have your sister fly, would know sister people would too do it like because obviously your sister's not like right here right but she would know the right people to contact if they're like hey right you know Leanne's in the hospital can like you get to her right while I'm figuring out how to get there to yeah. get to her right so yeah. yeah like my sister would probably know to call my mentor who is here but, like, my parents probably wouldn't. Like, they yeah. wouldn't be thinking that. They would more be in the mode of, like, that's my daughter. Right. I need to get there. But I think my yeah. sister could, like, execute the entirety of the contact information mm-hmm. the best so that the community around me would be better equipped. I don't know. Yeah. That's just an interesting, like, concept. I hadn't really thought about no that. no previous consent beforehand. Yeah. It just made me think of, like, power of attorney. Yeah. This is not in the show, but who would you guys – do you guys know who you would pick? Probably my sister. Because I don't know who I would. I honestly don't know. 
yeah, I think it would just be my sister because I'm really just the closest to her, but it's not like we've ever talked about what I would do if I was like in a coma. So it's not because we've had any of that previous dialogue. It's just more, we're like the closest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that is, it is like such a weird, you know, like to be in your twenties and thirties and like, how early do you start having those conversations? Like, yeah. Hey sis, <laughs> if I were to ever end up in this situation, this is what I want to happen. Yeah. And make sure you update that if you change your mind with the right people or yeah. else they're pulling right. the plug right. and you're, you're like, wait, no, I would have wanted to live. Right. <laughs> Give me longer. Yeah. Yeah. That is interesting topics. Okay. Anyways, let's go back to friends. Yeah. <laughs> let's not talk about that anymore. Um, okay. So they're at the hospital and they see these very two attractive doctors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> guys i okay guys i have obviously seen these episodes before and i knew that they were in the show yeah but i didn't realize that they were this like early on in the show Mm -hmm. and i like like a year ago started re-watching all of er i don't know if either of you watched er i haven't but it was probably one of my favorite shows growing up my mom and i used to watch it together she's a nurse so she loves shows like that um but does she watch Grey's anatomy she does nice but er was the was originally the longest running show Mm -hmm. and i looked it up and they both started the same year so they both started in september of 94 so it made sense that they were on the show it's another crossover yeah they were the one with the blackout yeah they weren't the same like characters but which I found interesting, although oh, ER, no, ER is based in Chicago, so oh. it would make sense that they wouldn't be the same, but they were both doctors at the same hospital. Yeah. So it was, I don't know, it was funny when they came in, I was like, oh my gosh, like two shows, I love both these shows, mm-hmm. but like I, like I hadn't watched Friends at that point in my life, but I had started watching ER not that long after, so. Yeah. It was interesting. Um, but can we just talk about George Clooney? Like, uh, what a hunk. He's so attractive. Do you, okay, Jane doesn't think anyway, so. This is, a, this is just me and Leanne. Always. <laughs> We're so different. I'm not saying no. He's just so, I, I don't know, classic looking that it doesn't do anything for me. Which doesn't make I any do a sense. a classic. Yeah, for sure. Interesting. I mean, I don't think he's yeah. like the most attractive thing. Oh, and there no. are other guys that are yeah. more attractive than George Clooney, but... When you see baby George Clooney from 94 and now, you're like, this guy has aged so well. I guess I don't know him now. And maybe that would give me a better revelation of his beauty. Maybe. Probably not. (laughs) I don't know. But he has come a long way from ER to... Okay, but didn't no. you have a bigger crush on his partner, Noah? So, back then... Which I can totally see that. Just based <laughs> on you... What you know about And me? what I know about you. And, like, just <laughs> people are attracted to people who look, like, closer to them generally. And I could see, like, you have more resemblances with Noah than you do, like, a George Clooney. I could see that. Well, I just remember, like, back in the day... So I could totally see it. His character was named Carter. And he was, like, the... Uh, Carter. He was like the nerd, like (laughs) in, he was an intern and then became a resident. And so he he was like the main character Mm -hmm. the whole show kind of revolved around. 
And I, I, when I was younger, I felt for those like nerdy type people. And so I loved Carter. I <laughs> yeah. loved him. I like actually despised George, George Clooney's character. Why was he mean? Kind of. He was kind of that douchebag that like you didn't like. He was a player. Like you. It like, makes sense. You were in lead, love with right? one of the yeah. protagonists. Like you were in love with one of the girls, like one of the nurses, but like you were an idiot to her and all this stuff. So like yeah, I didn't really like it. But rewatching it again as an adult, mm. I was like, oh my gosh, like I actually think I like George Clooney <laughs> so much better than Paul Wiley. Oh, what age will do when yeah. it comes to wisdom. But, <laughs> so yeah, that was funny. You look like you're about to say something. No, I just like, as you said, nerd. And I was like, Ross, Ross, no, Ross, <laughs> Ross, like of course, Ross. Wow. No. It's a good parallel though. It's no. a great parallel. No, my Makes nerd sense. side is definitely Chandler. Because he is kind of like a nerd. Not as nerdy as Ross. Not a nerd. Whatever. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, okay. I do love Chandler, but I would all I would agree with that delineation between nerd and dork. They are two very different things. Thank you. Because <laughs> Ross is super nerdy. And Chandler, because of his humor, makes him more of a dork. Yeah, I guess. They are it is a different delineation, which I think is funny. Um, so we we mentioned that this was us talking about the girl topic and then we got onto the guy <laughs> onto guys really fast um but both me and jane asked the same question how long do you keep your christmas lights up for till like springtime mm-hmm. i would keep them i think the latest i've kept them is till like easter <laughs> <laughs> wow did you decorate your tree with like bunnies yeah. and eggs no. <laughs> well the nice thing is is my tree is usually pretty neutral like okay. i and it's like um i don't know how you would like not correlated like planned out not designed themed curated curated tree curated curated like a curated tree neutral and so it like goes with my living room so it's kind of just like this pretty glowy winter thing but just adds to the so darkness. So you base the winter. lights on on winter rather than Christmas. Yes, that makes sense. Do you do more like neutral, like white color? Yeah. Okay. That because yeah. I, I could see that versus so you do the like multi color colored bulbs. Yeah, got it. But I do appreciate like a classic colored large tree. bulb. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, that makes sense. I know it's like yeah. you always have the juxtaposition between like oh I want like a nice classic like all colored and like all these fun ornaments are yeah. like blah, blah blah and then there's like I want these super themed like <laughs> on trend culturally relevant like yeah I want it to match my decor right like I want both but they cannot occupy the same space <laughs> so it's like you have to choose anyways that's a sidebar how long do you keep yours up long I don't put them up right now oh, okay um <laughs> is that just because you don't live in your own house yeah yeah. Yeah, so I would probably be the person that puts it up before Thanksgiving to wow. give myself more time, but it would probably come down like right after the new year. Oh, okay. Like I'd give it through New Year's and then Yeah. Take it down. I feel like I haven't had a tradition with it, but when I used to decorate my own tree, I think maybe I put it up sometime in December. I don't think it was before Thanksgiving. But then I wouldn't take it down until probably like spring like you jane Mm -hmm. like just whenever i kind of was like all right it's probably time to put this away yeah (laughs) um but i was kind of like to have like once i either have my own home or get married or whatever 
that kind of like next season shift is I really like to have like an, an actual tradition, mm-hmm. you know, like we put it up here or we go find a tree on this day, yes. like whatever that looks like. Mm-hmm. I would love to have that be a part of that. But right now, I mean, I threw away my one tree that I did have because it was white. Okay. And one year I took it out of the, yeah, well, it was my, my mom had bought it and it was like in an upstairs room that she was like, we don't need this anymore. Like you can just take it with you off to college. Mm -hmm. I was like, perfect. Yeah. And it was white and I loved it. White, white lights, like, you know, that way your ornaments stuck out. Mm -hmm. But then one year, I think I had not put it up in like two years maybe. And I went to take it out of its box (laughs) and the, the white leaves had like yellowed. In, like, only certain segments. So, like, huh. you know how fake trees have tiers? You yeah. put, like, one tier and fluff it out and put on the next one? Yeah. It was, like, one would be, like, spotless white and the next would be, like, this yellowed color. Uh, it was so gross. So, we put, we had to use it for, like, some party at my work in which that was I, – I was, like, well, I have a tree, so I'll bring it in. Mm-hmm. Half the lights didn't work anymore. And so, we had to, like, rope our own lights on it. And it was, was that ours? It was ours. Oh my yeah. gosh. It was like yellowed. And so as soon as we were to, plus all the things were falling off, like okay. by the time it had, I don't know if it dried out. I mean, it's a fake tree, but like yeah. it had just started to shed so bad after having its first, I mean, I guess like, like seven years at that point, eight years. Um, and so I finally, I just threw it away, like right at work after we used it, I took off the lights that I had borrowed and pitched it because it was so gross and I haven't had one since. So. Okay. Because there's really no room for it. And sometimes my roommate gets, like, an actual real tree. So, yeah. yeah. But I'd like to have, a tra- like, my own tradition at some point. So, one of the things that we end up seeing is that they end up with double dates with these hot doctors. <laughs> Such hot doctors. But they're each other because they've lied on their forms. Oh, right. Yeah. So Monica is super mad because she thinks that they're going to, they're going to figure it out and we're going to be in huge trouble. But Rachel is just like, but they're cute and they're (laughs) doctors. So we're going to like to walk into a relationship. (laughs) (laughs) There can be no hope for a future there because you're, Rachel, you're pretending to be Monica. Right. Deception. Like, the whole relationship is based off deception. And they have to keep it going. But Monica's like, do we tell them the truth? And they're like, oh, no, Rachel wants to tell them the truth because she's so carefree. But Monica says, this is fraud. We can't tell them they're doctors with the hospital that we lied to. So, Just the idea of Monica (sighs) and Rachel trying to beat each other. Yeah. No. It was no. Yeah. <laughs> As we saw, it went terrible. Oh, yeah. yeah. At the end. <laughs> yes. And they kind of bring out the worst part of each other as they're on this date. And I think that's one of the interesting things about friendship, but they get on each other's nerves like something goes wrong. Yeah. And now they're like out for each other. <laughs> <laughs> Which is such an awkward instance for these two doctors because they're sitting there just shocked, I think. And yet these girls are using what the worst thing about each other is and saying, well, I'm I'm selfish or (laughs) 
like, doesn't Monica laugh? And she's like, I'm sorry. I'm just so spoiled. (laughs) It's just, they use like the worst things about friendship. And I think that's, what's really hard because you get close to somebody and they start to know like things about Mm -hmm. you. And that's often where in conflict, in arguments, that's what they end up bringing up. Yeah. You always do this or, well, you never, you know. Right. And they're bringing it up obviously in kind of a funny context just because one's mad at the other and now they're in this rift to make each other the worst. And it just does not go well for them. Do you guys think you would be able to do that if your closest friends were like, hey, this part of you, this character trait isn't the best. (laughs) You could be better in this area. Do you think you could have that conversation with your friends? Oh, totally. I've never done that. I don't know if I could. I've not done that either. I know that Leanne could. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I just don't Explain know if I could. Explain yourself. Like, as, I was, as I was coming out of my mouth, I was like, I wonder if she'll like, prompt that we do this. <laughs> not in a show. <laughs> it goes out to a bunch of people. <laughs> but we're yeah. going to talk later. Yeah. <laughs> oh Suddenly, I got to get going. Oh, yeah, wow. I can't believe. Yeah. Yeah. Why why do you think that is that you guys can't do that? Or haven't know. or won't? I don't know that it's a can't thing. I mm-hmm. think it's just I, I mean, won't. Jane and I are similar in some ways and I think it's just I don't know if I'd even say it's a won't. I just say it, it's not something that comes easy. Mm-hmm. Speaking for myself, it's not something that comes easy for me. It's like it's like conflict. Like you're bringing up conflict with somebody that you're really close to. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's like, if it's somebody I don't really know, it's not as hard. But when it's somebody mm-hmm. that, like, you are really good friends with, like, you trust with, like, all your heart, and then you're trying to bring up something, like, hey, I've noticed this about you, mm-hmm. that, you know, I, st- I still love you, and I'm still good friends with you, but, like, it might be good if we work on this. Like, I just don't even know how to phrase it. <laughs> right. No, that was good. Yeah, I would agree with you. Like, it wouldn't be easy for me to. I do think it's healthy. Yeah, I do want it to be normal in my relationships, um, but I think it just would like after the com- like the conversation would go fine. I think I could be vulnerable enough to like have the conversation, listen well, retain what they told me. But then it's the process after like we leave. Like for weeks, I'm sure I would just in my head think of like all the times that I acted in that way that they brought up or acted in that character, and I would just feel like a failure as a friend. And I would, it would be like, I'd have to be so intentional about like getting out of that mind space Mm -hmm. and I don't know, like growing out of it and not like staying in the like, they think this about me, yeah, you know? No, I'm the same way. And so it could like honestly set our friendship worse because I would just get so tangled in my thoughts. Yeah. I think it's funny that you think that it's... (laughs) It's so easy for me to do. It's not that it's so, so easy, easy for you to do. I just think you've you've probably done it more than we have. Yeah. So I wouldn't yeah. necessarily say it's easier, but I mean, I think you you're just a little more used to it. everything in life so intentionally that it comes easy to you that like especially relationships that you're going to like work at them, and so part of that would be this is like not effective like this, like we can be better in this area and how we communicate or how we love each other or like we can be better. So it's like a no brainer for you to talk about that where I think for the most part, culture and people don't want to be told what they 
aren't good at. Yeah. You know, um, but I, you are just so confident and willing to go there with people, especially people that you love. Um, yeah. So I'm like, we're always grateful for it. Like, that's the thing. The world needs more Leanne's for sure. What's interesting about that, though, is that it's not easy for me or natural for me. What? And only, I think, just recently have I really started getting into some dialogues that are very intentional when it comes to seeing my own, like, my own faults and ex- almost communicating expectation more onto my friends to address things in me that they see. Yeah. Um, so those conversations are coming, ladies. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> but really, That's um, why she wants to hang out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, remember that copy we've got? No. Um, no, because only just recently did I have a really great conversation with a friend where I was like, I am not satisfied with our friendship. And I know that it has to do with me, but I also see pieces that have had to do with you. And I'm curious about how those have converged together and really hard conversation. Cause I just had to sit there and be told how I suck as a friend <laughs> and have sucked for years in this certain like context and area. Um, but at some point, I think this year I'm getting really into the idea that like comfortability at what cost, like, it's easy to stay comfortable in a certain depth of relationship, but if it's at the cost of not truly knowing a person in the, in their like all aroundness and fullness, I guess Mm -hmm. like that to me is not worth the cost of my comfortability to sit somewhere where we're only going to ever get so far because I like, I'm afraid of looking stupid or, or ignorant or, like I've failed and that to me is just not like I'm realizing in my friendships that's just not worth it anymore. Yeah. Like my comfortability is not worth it for this at the cost of, of no depth in relationships. And that's not saying Mm -hmm. I don't have deep friendships, but um, I just, I want more than that. Mm -hmm. And I think people are more than that. Yeah, that's good. So anyways, this is a very deep podcast. Yes. We told you it was, we're ready for it. (laughs) Um, Okay. So then uh, we also talked about Phoebe. Phoebe is another, kind of the last element. We've talked about everyone else so far. Um, And Phoebe and Joey kind of correlate together in this episode where Phoebe is kind of upset that Joey is dating Ursula. Yeah. It's sweet how she... Like, at first, like, she was timid to say yes. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. go ahead. Date her. Whatever you want. And you could tell that, like, she didn't want that. But Joey is so caught up in, like, yeah, yeah, you're a girl. Like, I'm going to go get her. Like, yeah, that he didn't really notice. But, like, all the mm-hmm. friends just kind of rallied around her. Like, you know, you can tell him that you don't want him to. Right. Um. But, like, we learn later that it's, you know, she doesn't want to lose Joey as a friend just because of things that her sister had done to her when she was younger. And it's just so – I love this side of Phoebe. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, we see we see her sweet side a lot. But, like, it's just – she's so genuine and real with her friends that, it like, when Phoebe hurts, like, you almost hurt. You know, I don't know if anybody else yeah, feels that yeah. way. But, like, anytime Phoebe is not being her, like, normal joyful self, mm-hmm. it, like – physically pains me because yeah because you know something's bothering her and that's what I just love about like the 
the person that they made Phoebe. Like she is this real character that like is weird in some senses, but she's also just genuine and loyal Mm -hmm. and just has like everybody's best interest at heart. And so I think this episode Obviously, it's first one we meet her sister in, her twin sister, nonetheless. (laughs) And a friend of hers, you know, falls in love with her or, you know, Joey's version of love. (laughs) So so it's just interesting. It's interesting to see Phoebe. And it's so funny that they're identical twins and Joey has a crush on Ursula. Right. Like, you you, doesn't like you have a friend who looks identical identical to that. She's so hot. I know. Yes, he does. Like, she's like, oh, yep, okay. (laughs) So, Phoebe's birthday is coming up, and obviously, because they're twins, it's Ursula's birthday too. And this is a new relationship. And Joey comes into the room and is like, hey, Phoebe, like, um, like, can I show you something? Or something, and he presents it like in a box, it's a gift. And she thinks it's for her birthday because she opens it and it's a sweater that is totally a Phoebe sweater. And he's like, no, I got it for Ursula. I'm just seeing, you know, size wise. And you can tell it just like it triggers her a little bit because she puts it up. She like shows it against her body. She's like, yep, it fits and just throws it like Mm -hmm. back at Joey pretty much drops it. And he's just like, wait, I thought you said it was okay." And she's like, well, maybe it's not. And he's like, well, what if I don't care? And. It's just this really like weird point of contention. It's a new relationship, which is weird. And Phoebe wasn't maybe completely honest on the front end. And it's just this, it is this little tangle of jealousy, but not in the way that she wants Joey, Mm -hmm. but just, she's afraid that her relationship with Joey will change. Yeah. Right. Do you guys, have you guys ever experienced that when it comes to, I don't know, guy friends in your life where if their relationship status changes, or like yours does, like how much it plays with your relationship with them. And like, you might not be jealous of the girl because you don't want them that way, but you're just afraid that your relationship with them will be ruined. Right. Yeah. I have one friend that comes to mind from high school, like probably my closest guy friend and the only guy friend that I kept up with after high school. Um, he started dating someone our senior year. And he had never dated anyone before. It was, like, a big deal. And all the girls wanted to date him. And, like, he just was not interested. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I remember they started dating. And I don't know why, but, like, feeling that, like, riff. Rift, yeah. Like, in between us. And I was just like, huh. Like, I'm going to have to put some space here. And it's not really spoken that I need to do that. But, you know, I felt like Phoebe. Like, I couldn't express to him what I was actually feeling. Mm-hmm. Communicate my expectations. And, you know, we just didn't have that conversation. And then we just kind of drifted apart. Mm. And even today, like, we talk, like, quarterly, you know? Um, (laughs) I love that. Do you have a Google calendar for that? Like, hey, text so-and-so. Once a quarter. (laughs) Yeah. Or he's, like, the person when I go home to Elma, like, over uh, break and things. Like, we connect. But it's still kind of uncomfortable because there is that, like, gap between us that we never, like, what does this new relationship look like now that you are in a committed relationship? Mm-hmm. And, like, how does that fit? Where do I fit? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, that's the most similar situation I've had to that. Hmm. I know it is such an interesting – and it's this weird, like, you're not in a relationship with them, but you're in, right. like, a friendationship. Yeah. You know, where it's, like, yeah. it's it just adds some, like, elements that – 
I don't know, unless you're really aware of your emotions towards that person or them towards you, or mm-hmm. you've like solidly determined the relationship and you haven't given too much of your heart away to them, even in a friendship. I don't know. It, it yeah. creates this like weird dynamic. So I can kind of get where Phoebe's coming from because yeah. to like, have someone who's close to you and feel like they're on your side and then all of a sudden there's this new element of someone else in their life that they're spending their right. time with and it is this like feeling of being replaced mm-hmm. that is hard to, to kind of navigate with mm-hmm. friends of the opposite gender. It's usually that. Yeah. That's kind of more what we're referring to. Mm-hmm. Um, but then... And then it's like even more so Joey again makes the decision to go hang out with Ursula on her birthday where Phoebe comes in. It's a party and she's like, oh, my gosh, everyone, where's Joey? Like instantly calls out the fact like it's almost like she was looking for him to come through for her. Mm -hmm. And as soon as she recognize that he wasn't there you can see the disappointment on her face I mean it's very obvious in the show they make Mm -hmm. it a point to make it obvious but it's just so sad like you really you really see in that moment her wanting Joey to come through for her like Mm -hmm. she wants to be chosen yeah as a friend Mm -hmm. which ultimately later in the episode that does happen right he has to make the call essentially between Phoebe and Ursula. And yeah. Ursula. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and Ursula kind of makes a decision for him in a weird way, but when Phoebe's pretending to be Ursula, she kind of brings up that idea of, like, if we continue to date, will you, mm-hmm. like, then stop being friends with Phoebe? Like, she's almost testing them. Mm-hmm. And he chooses the right answer <laughs> like way to go joey good for you joey <laughs> we were worried right. you know when well ursula comes to phoebe and says like you know i want to break up with them and um phoebe without like skipping a beat because she knows her sister is not going to do it the right. right way decides to step up and granted she probably could have just talked to joey as phoebe <laughs> but instead she decides to be ursula yeah. in a moment and because she got the sweatshirt yeah. as a birthday present from right. her sister, which right. is really from Joey because she tried it on. So she just, uh, she does it for her in that sense. Um, and I think that just like kind of shows, again, kind of like we were talking about Phoebe and Joey's friendship mm-hmm. and just how even though Phoebe was hurt by all of this, she doesn't want Joey to be hurt. like hurt. Mm-hmm. So she tries to let him down as gently as she can you know Mm -hmm. and I just think that's such a good I don't know I think I feel like out of all their friendships like I love those two because they're like yeah when you think of like underdogs they kind of are the underdogs of the show I feel like because they're not like they're the only two that don't fall in love right right (laughs) it's so true so you know I just feel like their friendship is so special Mm -hmm. because like no you didn't ever fall in love but you're so close like your brother and sister Mm -hmm. and it's like an unspoken like I would do anything for you. I would give you a kidney, you know, that type of friendship, but it's good. What did you guys think about their kiss? I guess at that point in the show, you're kind of wondering whether, you know, you can see how people will pair. Well, maybe not. You can guess how people will pair off, or maybe you can assume the friends will kind of group together and date. And it would be assumed that like the two underdogs, Joey and Phoebe. So this was like the chance that you kind of get to see, what it would be like if they were together. And so 
I mean, I appreciated it, but then as soon as they were done, I was like, oh, no, 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 no. So you don't think that they would make a good couple based on the type of friendship that we've seen exhibited? I don't think so. Why not? Um, in hind- yeah. Um, I think because I think because of how close they are as friends, I just feel like there's that unspoken thing that like we are close because they're almost like siblings like they act like siblings they treat each other like a brother and sister would so I feel like they have more of that dynamic of like Ross and Monica than they do like Monica and Chandler Mm -hmm. so I don't know I that's just me I could be totally off and anybody could say otherwise but that's just how I feel what about you Jane yeah in hindsight I say no but if I think about it with fresh eyes I think maybe if that was like the first time I was watching it, mm-hmm. I'd say like, oh yeah, they're perfect for each other. They're like equally mm-hmm. weird and outliers and mm-hmm. um, yeah. Mm-hmm. It was such an interesting, like they kiss because he thinks he's kissing Ursula like one last time and then he gets up off the couch. She kind of like leans back <laughs> and is kind of like being really introspective and then Joey stops, looks at her comes back kind of around the couch and he's like Phoebe she goes yep oh <laughs> and and he he just like <laughs> like makes this like sweet face just to kind of wrap up that whole element of like he would you feel kind of betrayed as like as Joey realizing like this isn't Ursula this is Phoebe and she just asked me a question that said would I choose Ursula over her they presented it as a very sweet moment. Like, oh, like that was such a good kiss between the two of us. Or I don't even know what really the special moment was, but they presented it in such like a soft way. But like, wouldn't you think Joey would be like, what the crap? I feel like there'd be so many emotions in that moment. Yeah. Like you just, you just broke up with me, not Ursula. Where the crap is Ursula? You're asking me a question about what I choose her. (laughs) Yeah. So many things, but I think they played the right one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was sweet, and then they panned out, and that was kind mm-hmm. of the last, you know, part of that scene. But I thought it was a very sweet, like, it was such a good kiss between the two of them. Mm-hmm. But anyways. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so random thoughts. Yeah. Melon. Um, I mean, as much as I dislike Marcel, there are moments where that thing is cute. <laughs> <laughs> that thing. <laughs> that monkey. <laughs> So we can tell of your dislike of him based on your content. But also the fact that Ross calls himself Rossi. Okay, Rossi. Okay, Marcel, give Rossi the remote. <laughs> it's so cute. Could you stop being weird? Uh, Rossi. Rossi. No. Rossi. Like, like, at what point, you wonder, in his own apartment somewhere, did he make the cognitive decision to call himself Rossi? Because you know no human called him that. And no monkey (laughs) called him that. What parts did you think he was cute in? I'm just curious. I don't know. I think just the... (laughs) Just his overall personality sometimes can just be like... You know, like when Ross is like, okay, okay, Marcel, give Rossi the remote. And he's just like running around like, no, I got it. I got it. It's fine. (laughs) Do whatever he wants. I don't know. That is a random thought. That's good. Yeah. I had a random thought when everyone is sitting around the um, coffee table in Monica's living room. They're all discussing the idea that Joey's going to go out with Ursula and Phoebe's having a hard time with it. Guys, 
I saw the popcorn in the middle of the table. She's obsessed. It was so white. (laughs) Like, (laughs) there's no butter on there at all. Like, that's that kind of healthy popcorn crap that you get that when you want to, like, save the calories. That is not good popcorn. It made me feel sorry for the people on set eating that popcorn. (laughs) Probably because I I would – exactly. (laughs) I would demand demand. movie theater popcorn on the set. You you guys want to hear a funny story? Yes, I do. So this this weekend, uh, Leanne and I are supposed to be, you know, hanging out watching a movie. We are. And she wants me to bring my popcorn maker. Yeah. And what she doesn't realize is that I don't put butter on my popcorn. Wait, what? My popcorn's always white. What? Yeah. Wait, but you put coconut oil. Yeah. Well, okay, that makes it. It's kinda... not. It's not the same. It does not taste anything like movie theater I know popcorn. No, it doesn't. Okay, we might have to remedy that. Maybe we'll just go grab some popcorn. We could get that like Orville Redenbacher's stuff. Is it the buttery stuff? Mm-hmm. Let's do it. It's like fake butter, so I can eat it. Do you want to tell them what we're watching? No? Make okay. a guess. <laughs> Make them guess. There's like a million and a half movies out yeah. there. Like, good luck. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> All right, on to the next point. <laughs> no, we're finishing the John Wick trilogy. Yeah. We watched number one like before Christmas and we're just now getting to yep. the other ones. Yeah. So, yes. Um, I know. And I love how they tied that in at the very end, the exit scene that we get after like a commercial break, right? As they're about to end the episode is when like Joey comes into the room and it's all in Spanish and they're like, Hola Joey. <laughs> like it like continues the entire rest of the episode all in Spanish. Yeah. Like it's being dubbed such, I thought that was such a good tie in to yeah, end the funny. episode because you could tell they were speaking in English and mm-hmm. someone had actually dubbed it over. Yeah. So brilliant. I thought it was great because <laughs> they didn't have to do that. They could have right. just had a funny moment, but they were like laughing and it was not their voices. Like I just thought that was so good. <laughs> it was a good moment. Um. Okay. So favorite moment from these episodes. Um. I love when Ross is coming to Phoebe's birthday party and he's holding the cake and I don't know who opens the door, but I can't even retell it. I don't remember it as well. Can you tell it? Somebody opens the door. Uh, yeah. And they, they yell, yell surprise. I think it's Phoebe <laughs> yeah. coming to her party. And Ross like drops the cake. <laughs> you idiot. Like what do you mean? Like that was literally your function to go to the surprise party with the birthday cake and you drop it. Yeah, you would think that you wouldn't be shocked. Right. That's you what makes think, it funny. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. What, what the heck are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because he asked, what the heck are you doing? You scared the crap out of me. He's like, wait, what? What else would they be doing? <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's good. Llewellyn, yours? Um, well, you both picked funny moments, but I picked up, you know, the moment. That's good. No, I like the difference. Phoebe breaking up with Joey as Ursula. Oh, and we already funny. talked about it because I just, you know, she's so sweet. And I feel like she was really strong to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it just speaks about their friendship. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good one. My favorite was Rachel and Monica fighting it out in front of the doctors. <laughs> I just thought that the way that they rip on each other and like Monica picks up the phone and it's Rachel's dad. And she's <laughs> like, oh, hi, dad. I have to tell you that I blah, blah, blah. And it's like totally gets Rachel in trouble. I just thought it was such it's so funny because it puts the doctors in such an awkward situation. Mm-hmm. But you see like them 
like this is the first like real argument that they get in. It's just like the way that they do it is just hilarious. So, um, okay, one final thing. And Llewellyn is glaring at me because I don't think she knows I'm about to bring this up. I don't think I do either. You don't. So I was listening to, okay, so Jane, we have another friend, Nicole. Okay. You know Nicole. I do. And we had her on last week and she told a story about Llewellyn about how she did not like Nicole when they first met. And it was only why are you bringing this up again? Yep. Because we just had this, we just had this happen. So (laughs) I also just recently found out (laughs) (laughs) that Llewellyn also disliked me. That's not true. And I'm starting to think it might be a personality thing with Llewellyn that you kind of have to earn your way into her life. I get that. Um, Llewellyn. Llewellyn, will you tell the story? (laughs) And then will you also tell me why you didn't like me initially? (laughs) That's fact now. Is it? It has to be. Okay, well, first off. um... (laughs) She was unprepared for this, but I thought it was a direct correlation between both friendships back to back, week after week. Jane Um, will hold you accountable. Okay, first off, Jane, I have never not liked you. I've liked you from the beginning. Yeah. We all did. So there's not a flaw in my relationship or my whatever. It's like my own but one. Yeah. Leanne needs to understand that she <laughs> misread what you and I talked about last week because I never said I didn't like her. And Jane, you need to back me up because you and I had this conversation. Uh, I never I'm said. I'm a mediator. Nope. Here. I never said I didn't She's like her. She's Switzerland. Never said. <laughs> Switzerland is neutral. Yeah, I get it. Okay. <laughs> you looked like you were like, what? I'm pretty sure the conversation went something like this. Jane and I were talking about when, like, about <laughs> our, like, first initial <laughs> thoughts of Leanne mm-hmm, because right. we were watching her converse with one of our friends mm-hmm. and the way she was conversing. Yes. And I mentioned to Jane, I said, you know, one thing that used to irritate me about Leanne. So nowhere, nowhere in there did I say I hated Leanne. I just said something that used to irritate me about her when I first started becoming she friends. Used to dislike about me. Guys, meaning she's reading way too into this. Way too into this. Is the fact that she likes to overexplain things. But it's not because she like like some people like to overexplain things because they like to hear the sound of their voice, and that's not Leanne. It's because she's very intentional with her words. And sometimes you ask her a question and you won't get a response for a good 30 seconds. And it can be awkward. (laughs) And at first it really drove me nuts. But I've learned to love that part of her. Right. Because I know that whatever comes out of her mouth is going to be intentional and it's going to be full of truth. So. Yeah. You did say that did say that After. thank you and i never said i didn't like you <laughs> she did use past tense but so. my question way to is... just bring this and like throw me under the bus well because i thought it was so funny that your back-to-back friends have experienced you not enjoying them as much at the beginning oh anyways i just thought that was such a funny parallel between nicole and i <laughs> And um, to bring a little justification that it wasn't just Nicole that there was some rub against. So what are you saying, Leanne? 
I'm saying I'm just curious as to why. Do you want this to be the Jane and Leanne show? Or? You need. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're kicking you out. This is your intervention. Get a um, laptop. <laughs> also, can we borrow your MacBook for it? <laughs> Anyways, I just thought it was such a funny point, and I just felt like I should blindside you with it because I just thought that was funny that you had recently discussed and disclosed to each of us separately that there was some rub. And there was, and guys, and I said it last week, there was never a rub with me and Nicole either. She assumed, because I said, I didn't think we would ever be this close, that I didn't like her. Oh, that's different. It is different. I get that. Thank you. I get that. (laughs) We were, we lived together. Okay. For a year. And we didn't become super close. I didn't think we became super close. And there's an age gap. So I was like, this isn't going to be like a long-term friendship. Yeah. And I told her that after we became super close and she assumed, oh, she hated me. <laughs> no. So me and, me and Nicole are very... <laughs> They're very personality. similar personalities. <laughs> whereas Jane and I are very oh my, similar. Yeah, I see that now. All right. Anyways, um, so if you've hated friends before... <laughs> <laughs> what? Tell us on our social media <laughs> as we're wrapping up this super fun episode. Super deep and super fun and super full of hatred. So... <laughs> If you have a story of disliking or having a rub in a relationship um, before really getting to know somebody and then letting them into your life, just let us know on social media. We'd love to (laughs) hear your story. We are on both Facebook and Twitter. And you can also email us us if it's super long. All of those are in the show notes um, for where you can contact us. Well, that's all for this week, guys. (laughs) We will catch you next week on the One with Friends podcast.